You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction TV series, movie, or audio and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I am John. And tonight we are looking at Battlestar Galactica Season 2, Episodes 4 and 5. And when I say Battlestar Galactica Season 2, I mean Galactica 1980, episode entitled... The Super It seems Scout. wrong to call it Season 2, but go ahead. Well, you, you saw the titles. <laughs> right. I know. It said I Battlestar know. Galactica. I, apparently that may be a thing they did in syndication and or in DVDs, but that's another... It's Who knows? It's It's hard to tell. But um, it is, no matter what you Galactica fans, you cannot deny it is canon. <laughs> you may want it not to be, but it is. And to, to further exemplify why they don't want it to be canon, I will now give you the synopsis yes, for yes, yes. the Super Scouts in two parts. Because this story needed two parts. No. Dr. Z has had a facelift and a bright idea. He's worried about the children of the fleet, despite the fact that the Cylons haven't attacked in a generation. He's worried that if the children are all killed, they'll have no future. He instructs Adama that the children should be prepared and sent to Earth to assimilate into the population. Damned good timing on that idea, too, for so sooner does the training of the children begin than the Cylons attack the school ship destroying it. The children are all a shuttle to safety, except for the final shuttle piloted by Troy and Dylan. Having sustained damage, the ship cannot reach the fleet, but it can somehow reach the Earth with its cargo of twelve precocious kids. Their arrival on Earth does not go unnoticed, alerting Colonel Seidel, the U.S. Air Force's UFO hunter. The Galacticans destroy the shuttle and begin preparations to blend in. This may not be so easy because the kids from the Galactica are examples of the very worst misbehavior of children. Plus, they have superpowers because the fleet's artificial gravity is higher than the Earth's. Troy purchases disguises for the kids in the form of scout uniforms while Dylan accidentally robs a bank while attempting to exchange gold for money. The colonel is investigating the area and Jamie arrives chasing the story, again meeting Troy and Dylan when the colonel interviews the scout troop to see if they saw any UFOs last night. Empty-handed, the colonel leaves, but decides to stay in the area and continue his investigations. That night, around the campfire, three of the kids become ill and must be taken to a nearby medical facility. The children are dying from some form of poisoning. The three children satisfied the thirst from a local lake. A quick analysis reveals that it is filled with toxic substances, the presence of the Galacticans draws the attention of a suspicious security officer. The town doesn't need any more long-haired, hippie environmentalists trying to shut down the factory just because the lake is lethally toxic. They visit Mr. Stockton, manager of Stanford Chemicals. He is insulted by the very idea that his plant could be to blame, and he'll look into it get back to them. He immediately calls a sheriff to help run these troublemakers out of town. The town still recovering from the last plant shutdown. It cannot afford another. The sheriff discovers that the scout troop doesn't exist, so he goes to arrest them. Jamie is able to warn Troy and Dylan, and they fly off to get there first. 
end of episode one. Oh, episode two. Story just fast and furious here. All right. The dumbest cops on the planet meet the dumbest space children on Earth when they arrive at the campsite, which appears empty. In fact, the invisible rapscallions are just hanging around in a tree, invisible, and throwing apples at the cops. Then they steal the police cars who make their escape. Back at the medical center, the doctor has discovered something pretty weird about these so-called humans. They aren't humans. But that's not as important as saving their lives, so he takes Jamie out to see the real problem. The ground is so polluted that throwing rocks can start fires. Shoes are literally burned off the feet of the residents due to the massive contamination. Nobody wants to do anything about it because the plant is the life of the town. Plant workers, aware that things are being stirred up again, show up to bully the doctor and Jamie. Luckily, Troy and Dylan show up to throw them around a bit with their superpowers. Stockton shows up and demands they all go visit the sheriff, which they do until the doctor gets a call. One of the children is worse. Okay, not worse. Dead. But not dead because Galactican technology can still save them. Dylan places an emergency call to the Galactica. Dr. Z and Adama fly to Earth in Dr. Z's patented anti-gravity spacecraft, while Troy, Dylan, and Stockton take the kids to a remote place for a rendezvous. Colonel Seidel and the sheriff are hot on their tails. Dr. Z uses his Ghost of Christmas Future Computron to show Stockton that his son will die in ten years if he doesn't mend his ways. A changed man, Stockton is the only one left when Seidel arrives. Troy, Dylan, and the kids are still embedded on Earth, and now Jamie gets babysitter duty. The end. <sighs> you know, some people, some people have claimed that Galactica yeah. 1980 yeah. is the worst yeah. science fiction TV series ever made. Oh, I don't know about that, but boy. I don't know uh, about that either, but it it might not be good. But, uh, it's it's not promising up two stories in. I, so, I think if one were writing the syllabus for a college-level course on how not to write scripts, they would have to show at least one episode of this. And yeah. The teacher could really dig into the whole thing and uh, explain a lot. Mm, mm, like, kids, mm. don't do this if you're writing, going to be writing for Hollywood, and then yep. show the episode. And you know, even if now you preface saying that, now remember, this was written in the 1970s, shot in the 80s, uh, so things have changed a little bit. But still, the basic ideas of storytelling haven't changed that much. <laughs> I have a book. I mentioned this last time. I have a book that has the background information of what was going on behind the scenes mm -hmm. and uh, couldn't find it. So uh, it'll have to be a later episode where I'll go in as to what, why they did this this U-turn Well, from the, the time travel stories to right. the space kids. Now, part of it is the network saying we need more kids yep. for kid Stanton appeal. Stanton Practices told them they needed it children-friendly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, that's part of it. Um, but, and I understand that these kids were terrible to work with and <laughs> their mothers were worse. Yes. Which yep. I have to wonder about three of them cause they're Larson's. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wonder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was just the, those three kids that were the, uh, the horrible ones and all the other ones just kind of got a bad rap because of them. Yeah. Apparently the moms were really bad. Really, really bad. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I'm just going to say for one thing, one thing that you definitely should never do for that class about filmmaking. It's not necessarily about script writing, about filmmaking. But <clears throat> you know the classic $6 million man, I'm going to jump to the top of a tall building, which yes. is really just a stuntman jumping off the tall building and then the, the film played backwards. That does not work when you have shaggy dog hair. That's true. That's true. They got to spray that stuff down. Those kids, particularly the shaggy dog ones, every time they jumped, their hair went first. It's like, how could you let that stand? How could somebody looking at that go, yeah, no one will notice that. It's so bad. Yeah, that's probably exactly what they said. Nobody will notice that. Just shoot it. We want to get out of here by five today, right, guys? I think they wanted to get out by three. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, travel time. Forgot about that. Union rules. <clears throat> Union rules. I'm sure they're still in the TMZ there. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. In the exact same field they were in last. Exactly. That's <laughs> probably the nicest field in the TMZ. <clears throat> yeah. Um, What stands out about this story for you? Well, uh, they tried to do a little educational type stuff by vaguely describing what gravity was. <laughs> What's gravity? It's the stuff that's artificially generated by the Galactica. Exactly. I I'll give them this. By they put the spin on but, that in reverse. Right. And, and then they said, oh, I think it was uh, oh, all objects of, yeah, uh, all yeah, objects have mass. Is, yeah, all the objects have mass, yeah, and, and have attraction. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's like okay, that'll work. Now, there is something in the uh, there is something in the credits about uh, thanking a USC physics department or something. So I mean, sad that they, they got that asked him about that. <laughs> I I hope that's not what they asked him about. I hope it was well, something. What would it be if it? What would it be if it weren't yeah, that? I'm looking at my notes and I'm not coming up with much. How can we do the invisible thing? No. Oh, oh probably the. Uh, uh, thicker atmosphere on Caprica and higher gravity than Earth. I, I love the fact that they talk about how the atmosphere will be thinner on Earth uh -huh. and therefore they'll get tired easier. We never right. saw any of that. No, it, it, it was, was not absolutely really. no indication no. of that whatsoever. It was all just the superpowers yep. for the kids, which, which obviously Troy and Dylan now have too. You know, in the uh, the first two episodes, I don't remember Troy and Dylan having superhuman strength. Uh, no. I, I, yeah. okay. It's as if it didn't exist back that far. Just, just checking. I am so glad Caprica didn't have a red sun. Oh, yeah. That would have been rough. <clears throat> Take those kids, put them in our yellow sun. And I think they've done an amazing good job of not having absolute crippling agor agoraphobia. 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 Which is the fear of agoraphobia, wide open spaces. Yeah. Agoraphobia, yeah. fear of fear plants. Of plants. Well, and that and one too. Well, you know, I thought about that too, but then I thought, well, wait a minute. They may not have uh, a complete fear of open spaces because if they looked out of a, 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 a porthole on the ship, they would see space. Granted, there's nothing to give them a size reference except maybe another ship if they can see it. And didn't they have some... Uh, ships with large, like glass. They had the agro ships, yeah, yeah, the agro ships. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure the kids got you know field trips out there. So that's a big open space. 
With plants where, and stuff. Where where is the field trip this year in school? Oh, the agro ships again. Right. Uh, well, you know, maybe they send them yeah, there. Yeah, we go to the rising star. Work. Yeah. You're too young for that. Uncle Starbucks said this was the <laughs> best place on the fleet. Yeah. <sighs> um, it, it, it. Okay. We, is there anything good? Is there, I mean... Really, is there anything good to say about this episode? Um, it's uh, uh pro ecology. Yeah. Wow. Don't, don't screw okay. up. Don't screw environmentalism. Up environmentalism. That's about the yeah. only positive I can find here. Oh, if in that class, if there's a section on, here are old jokes that you should never do. It gags, uh, revolving doors. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Parts being yeah. pushed by invisible people. Uh-huh. Yes. Never use crappy smoke overlays to simulate smoke in a room. Uh-huh. Especially the same clip a dozen times. Let's yeah. see. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's talk about the environmentalism message then. We can we can just jump straight to the meat of this story. Might as well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. I was just saying, you know, the EPA was created in the 1970s by Richard Nixon. If you can believe yep. that one, and uh, and since then, you know things have gotten better. I think the uh, yes. it's hard to believe we, we've obviously been doing some very stupid rollbacks uh, on that kind of stuff for reasons that we don't need to go into at this point. But in the 1980s, things were on the upswing. But wow, wow, the the description of what's going on in that town is so bad. I mean, the water has got a frothy, toxic home on the top of it yeah and and your shoes are literally burned off your feet in the town sparks by throwing them on the rocks on the riverbank yeah you couldn't there there is no way that that level of contamination could be swept under the rug yeah you're not hiding that one that that one is not being hidden Unless that creek runs into a bottomless pit somewhere. That's what really gets me about this this story. It's like, you know, they could have done a story. There could have been the whole thing about the environmentalism. Uh, but they had to take it, like, not just up to 11. They took it up to 1,100. Well, yeah, because the, the, the tool marked subtlety back in the 70s and 80s for doing these things uh, looked awful... It looked a lot like a, uh, uh, pretty much just a wheelbarrow, you know, this not even a trout, just dumping in there. This is the one I've ever seen. I've seen a lot <laughs> of environmental stories in the 70s. Oh, even Doomwatch stuff? Bit... <laughs> yes, Doomwatch is much better done than this. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know, the, 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 how bad the message is, is one thing, but... The point of Doomwatch is that people found out about it and then Except, yeah. got and in then on Doomwatch it. Doomwatch came here, in, yeah. Yeah, here that's not, doesn't seem to be the case. This t- well, Everyone in the town knows this. Right, and we, yet, we, we do know that this has happened a couple other times. Yes, very, very bad. And guess what happened? And they just found out about ignored. it. Well, the, the cops were purchased. Yeah, I know, and you can't just drive over to the next city over and and report it to the the yep. feds or the newspapers or anything like that. That's right. You know, or make a phone call. Oh my God. 
like it's for all intents and purposes, there's only like one city on the planet. Yep. I mean, that stuff looks so bad that when they went and sucked, the, if they got a, a beaker full of that stuff, I'm surprised it wouldn't eat through the bottom of the beaker before they got it back to the lab for analysis. I mean, it, oh, it definitely <laughs> would have etched the glass. Yeah. It, it was, it was really, uh, <laughs> it was so ham fisted. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. I, oh. You could not have laid it on any thicker. No. I don't think you could have, unless unless the, the stuff came to life and started <laughs> yes. attacking people. In which case, then it actually be... would be better, because then well, it would that would have been ultra Q. Yeah, yeah, Phil. That's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And um, and then how they resolve this? I love the fact that that Doctor Z has his Ghost of Christmas Future computron, yeah. and he shows it to Stockton, <laughs> and. Are you confused with the fact that it is Stanford Chemical and Mr. Stockton is is in charge? Um, briefly, but then so much like, of the other wait, bad. Is his name Stanford of... or Stockton? Oh, it's he's Stockton. Okay, so they show him the future, and he's crying, and his son's dead. I, I wouldn't want my name on that company. Good grief! Good point. What they're doing to the environment? <laughs> so he he sees that his son dies, and. Now he's all broken up about it, and I'm going to change my ways. Here's what I'm thinking. There are a couple of other things you could do, like quit and go work for a different company. Yeah. Move your family out of town. You know, yes, we all like the fact that he sees the error of his ways, and once it's driven home, then then he's going to change it all and solve the problems of this plant. Yep. But we know that's not going to happen. <laughs> It'll last for a few weeks, and then, you know, the earnings in, uh, report will come in. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Stanford is going to go, uh, Stockton, what is all this environmentalist hippie long hair freak stuff you're sending in memos? You're fired. Get out of okay. here. Did we have a Did talk I... to you about this? Yeah. Yeah. So, who's that? Yep. All right. Let's talk about the Cylon <laughs> attack. <laughs> so, we are told... We were told last time, and then we were told even more explicitly, because last time we were just like, we haven't seen the Cylons in a billion star miles or whatever Exactly. However, But this well, time I'd... we are specifically told the Cylons haven't attacked or bothered them in a generation. Right. Which means Dr. Z's never seen them. True. True. Which means all the times Dr. Z has saved them with his amazing stuff is from home. And also, he says, you know, it's been, it's been 30 years. And in that time, we've been developing our technology. He has his anti-gravity spacecraft, which right. is fantastic, except they don't have the resources to make any more. So um, just give up. Just give up. Thanks, I mean, Palmer. it's not... It's not like there's a planet nearby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, good grief. My, there are, what, how many more planets in this solar system? How many well, of them uh, rocky they could land on? We'll, co we'll come back to that in a little yeah. bit, too. So then Dr. Z says, well, in that time, the Cylons have been advancing, too. They have a whole new technology, and that's why they launched that attack on the Delphi to test out their new equipment. Okay. Except that that was all the same old equipment. 
Yeah, same old Raiders just as bad. And they still got, their, got yep, blown out of the sky. Them. Yeah. So if that's what they were waiting for, that was made no sense whatsoever. I mean, I think they had a syntax here to work. And then later in the episode, Dr. Z says the Cylons don't have the ingenuity and all they're doing is copying the stuff that the Galacticans are developing. How? Uh, I haven't yeah. seen them in a generation. Have exactly. they got spies on board? I mean, let me guess. Now they've got Cylons that look just like humans and there's a bunch of them on board the fleet. Nobody knows about them or some stupid ass story like that. I never got rid of the toasters. The toasters have been spying for years. Yeah. It's like, oh boy. Did, yeah. Did nobody give this script the slightest tr yeah. truing pass? They, to, to look, I, you know, I'm yeah. making fun of, of Star Hunter Redux, but it's worse. This, this is so... Just failing at basic logic. Yeah. It's painful. And this was supposed to be a kid's show? Good grief. No, Please, it wasn't. It's was supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> I no, yeah, it's supposed to be kids though. Yeah, that's I know. the point. I mean, <laughs> except for that whole it's Sunday night, you gotta make it a little more family friendly. But uh, I I'm it, it's it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's go back to that whole aren't there other planets in the solar system? Did you catch the reference? Think about this for a second. So the galactic is flying on its way to Earth. Is it? Right? And then when they get within range of Earth, they're like, whoa. We can't go to Earth. It's like that by that, that point it's too late. You brought the Cylons to Earth. Yeah. Right. But but we're gonna just we're gonna head off in another direction. I mean, we've been going in a straight line for thirty years. Right. Now we're gonna we're gonna veer off and go in a not straight line. The Cylons aren't very bright. So we're gonna veer off in a different direction. And uh and then we're gonna keep going. And uh uh so then the Delphi slows down a bit, has to stop because of an engine problem. It's because of that. It's because of that that the Cylons decide to pick that ship off and test out their new super secret weapons. And of course, the problem is when when the shuttles leave, Boomer, who's out flying a fighter, I might add, is um, low on men. That, low on men, yeah, fighter pilots, uh, gives them the coordinates to get back to the fleet. Did you notice what his reference was for the fleet? I didn't get uh, no, the exact did, wording, but he basically down. said they were off Alpha Centauri. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They were they're well over four light years away from Earth. But the shuttle is closer to the Earth. Yep. And it is the fleet. Too hard. Maybe that so, was definitely not one of the things that they asked the uh the people at the university about. No, now maybe they were talking about Alpha Centauri being a bearing reference, although it's funny that they would call it Alpha Centauri. They call it um, Earth, Earth. And it's true, but it's, but, but Earth but named Alpha Gold. Gold. <laughs> they call it Auric Goldfinger. No. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like, hmm, interesting. I wonder where they get that. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> I think they actually have called it that in the original series as well. That I think could have called it Auric. Yeah, I mean, it's gold in another language. It's just yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's just it's um, not to sleep. It's like, oh. Yeah. There are uh, 137 kids. Oh, God. I was going to say, my brain locked up slightly when 
they revealed that uh, you know constant velocity requires constant thrust by saying that the ship is is basically dead in the water. It's like, wait a minute, yeah. no, you just turn the motors off and you coast. That's the nice thing about space. Right. Yes. There's nothing for you to hit. Just go. That's what they consulted the USC physics department for, oh. apparently. <laughs> no. And they promptly lost that note that they'd scribbled on a bar napkin. I think that's where they did their research. Those cocktail hours, boys. Time to do some research. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, you were saying about the kids? There's 137 kids on the fleet. Yes. Total. Yep. How Do many ever, people are in this fleet? I was just going to say, how many people were in the fleet in the original series? I don't think ever we know. I don't think we know. I mean, I think it's got to be the, thousands. The reboot, it was like, at the end, it was like 20,000 or something like that. 30,000. A lot of them died. But, uh, I, I think it's got to be, it's got to be thousands. Yeah, you it, just look at any of those freighters, and they're all packed in there in the hundreds. So, right, you know, if you have two or three ships that are packed with hundreds, you got thousands at least. So, exactly. I don't, like, know, I don't know that we ever got a number, but freighters, something like that. 137 kids seems to be a relatively small number, and they all seem to be kind of roughly the same age. Huh. It's like uh, we've had a program in place where nobody breeds for a while, but now, yeah, maybe that's more uh, a few. Did uh, I I I took uh, I did some research to find out what the names of the kids were. Um, I've only got named four so far. That's all they named in this episode is four, yep. and one more gets named in a later episode in oh. the script only. So I've got Starla, Moonstone, Lancer, Jason, and Sunshine. And Sunshine is the fifth one. Yeah, I didn't have Sunshine. Yep. Yep. Lancer? I don't know. Military parents. Jason, I can kind of see because you're going to go for that whole Jason and the Argonauts kind of thing, or of Star mythology, but, or of Star oh, Command. Yes, but uh, yeah. but Lancer. Actually, no, I think Jason of Star Command was before. That was 70s. This is 80, 1980. Oh, that's so, right. I was quite young back yeah. then, so I don't remember. Time yeah, was right. a difficult concept. What is time? It it's was. a thing measured by clocks on the Galactica. Yes. Yes. Well, time is different on Earth. <laughs> You'll be able to run faster because time is slower. Yeah, time is different when you get older. <laughs> thank, thank goodness. Well, that is true. But yeah, that has been demonstrated to be true. Yes. Our perception of time does change. Perception of time changed. Yes. That's why summers were so long as a kid. I know. I, I Yeah, it's confusing when you think about things like that when you're a lot older. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. That doesn't work. Oh, yeah, yeah it does. Anyway, I am not intrinsically opposed to the concept of having the kids on here. I mean, I kind of am, but, I, but uh, you know, I could see how you could make a case for it and you could try to build a plot about trying to find a way to integrate those kids into Earth. All right. But you would think they've, they've lived their entire lives under military rule. They've, uh, they've been given this exciting opportunity to go to Earth mm -hmm. and... Then the ship they were on is blown out from underneath them to emphasize, guess what? You're really in danger. Yep. Your lives are really, really in danger. And now you're going to Earth on a planet that you can't reveal yourself and you're really in danger. And the, the two warriors say it is extremely important. You obey our instructions. <laughs> well, you know, that means they're not going. And you know, they should. 
I mean, I don't care how stupid these kids are. I just, I have trouble believing that they're like tearing up the the colonel's car or (laughs) that they're too stupid to shut up when the cops are there just because they're invisible. You know, it's like, thank goodness it wasn't the Nazis coming for those kids because um, I think think kids hiding from the Nazis probably knew to shut up, right? You, You keep quiet or else. And... Well, that was a, quite an extreme filter because, you know, really? there's a group who did, the group who didn't. Well, well, good boy. So, yeah. But I, I'm thinking, they're, you know, it's like, it's what you call a life lesson. Yeah. Or your last life lesson. <laughs> exactly. And it should have been these kids' last life lesson. Yes. The cops, at this point, I think the cops should have just pulled their guns and shot into the trees. That's exactly the, you know, those cops are redneck and stupid enough that they just would have, hey, hold on here. Bang, 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 bang. You know, up in okay. the tree. Hey, I you know, will... it might have been a possum or something. They have those in California, right? Yes, they have those in California, of course. Whatever. Yeah, We're a sure raccoon. They got everything in California. Yeah, they're good eating or something. So, yeah. I will tell you, there was a line in this episode that both my wife and I simultaneously said, thank you, when they spoke the line. And that was... When the kids were throwing the apples at the sheriff, yeah, and and they were commenting on how you know it, you know the apple maybe they hung up there and and then I think I and the deputy goes and that ain't even an apple tree. <laughs> yeah, I believe that was uh, Deputy Collins, yeah. the brightest bulb in the budget, obviously going to be the detective in the age in the uh, um, yes in the, the department, department eventually, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he also brought Who's up the like, body stealing movies. And the, maybe they're small. Maybe they steal exactly. small bodies. They're, they're small. small aliens. I love Exactly. It. It's like, huh, better watch that guy. Hmm. He's too He's smart my for favorite his own part. Part. My favorite part of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you except know, if, for if the part where kids were dying. That was my favorite part, but right. I knew they were going to uh, survive. If, if this were a modern show, he would have been killed. <laughs> Hopefully by the aliens. <laughs> maybe pelted by an apple core thrown at 250 miles an hour. <laughs> oh, you're here. You're jumping ahead to space ball. Um, shh, shh, <laughs> I have wondered uh, if you went through and timed out all the, uh, the sections where they use stock footage, how wow. long an episode would no. actually be? 30 minutes. I don't know. There's an awful lot like of stock 15, footage. but yeah, I love how they had the, uh, the commercial airliner, having a close encounter with the shuttle while the at airliner night. is a- at night. Oh, like you can still see the airplane a little bit because of the illumination on the wings and stuff. But, and then the shuttle of course has a, a star background on it. They couldn't even like recomp that into something else. It looked like it might be on earth. Oh no, 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 no. That's just, that's just money, money wasted. That's what that would have been. Absolutely. That would have just been money wasted on that. But at least it was nighttime. Yeah, there would have been that. a daylight flight. It was it would have been it's like, oh, it's just a starry sky. We're fine. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um there's also, you know, the the whole thing about we've watched Galactica, the original season, and yes, they talked funny, but they used you know, they just use different words like yarns yeah. and, and Belgic yeah. Garb and whatnot, but they didn't talk like English wasn't their native language. 
Right. Right. Exactly. So the scene where the kids take Troy and Dylan to the lake and he says, and I went back and listened to this over and over. It was here. They satisfied the thirst. (laughs) What is this? A vampire film? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It was necessary for me to satisfy the thirst and make a new bride. It's just... I'm like, thinking it's the thinner atmosphere. It's really getting to the kids. They were thirsty <laughs> and they drank here. Yeah. So how about that? And why um, didn't they use their scout handbooks to do whatever it is you're supposed to do to make sure the water is, you know, dig a little hole in the side or something? I'm sure he bought a bunch of those little tablets that you can throw yeah. in there to make the... That that probably burns through dioxin. No, yeah, it probably would have, probably would have made things worse, or maybe just would have solidified the liquid. Uh, caught fire. <laughs> caught fire. Yeah, exactly. I can't remember maybe those. Maybe we should uh, this. Can't remember what those pills were called. I I don't remember either. But yeah, they, they didn't protect against the bad stuff. I do like the idea. I mean, it's it's played off so hokily, hokily. <laughs> With hokish abandon. Hokish abandon. Um, no works. Yeah. <laughs> the idea of outfitting them as a scout Hokey troop. Mania. Yeah. Yeah, that, that actually was probably the best thing of the entire, entire season. Entire like, show. You've got tents. Yeah. You've got, you've got uh, camping gear. You've got uh-huh. uh, handbooks for all the kids on survival. How not to die quickly. How not to die not. quickly. Well, apparently they, the bit about drinking the water didn't get to them, but yeah, it was a good idea. And, you know, a group of kids and a couple guys, it didn't look quite as weird as it would now. But, uh, yeah. And, you know, I, uh, I always thought, I was looking very closely at those scout uniforms, is I always thought that they were something generically different. But I think those were genuine Boy Scout uniforms. Oh, they were. I mean, yeah, the neckerchief and... uh, thing had the the BSA uh, flair to whatever. And, Florida uh, way. And yeah, uh, and the the tape that says Boy Scouts of America is over the pocket. The only thing that's missing are um, the uh, the troop numbers and the council patch on the shoulder. Right. And which they um, have, yeah. Right in the patrol area. Yeah. Exactly. The one thing uh, that threw me the most about it was those damn red jackets, and I looked that up. Apparently, that oh, is true. vintage nineteen seventies. You bet they, they were dressed jackets. a lot more like, um, what kind of a mix of, of regular Boy Scouts or Explorer Scouts? I seem to remember the Explorer Scouts had the the red berets, and that was yeah, that's possible. They were, I, I think they also included kids up to I think twenty three. I don't know young adults as the leaders and stuff. That but I that was know. more of a, an international scouting thing. <laughs> and we have so drifted off topic. Oh, just a bit, yeah. <laughs> just a bit. Oh, all right, let's, let's try to come back to the exciting. Oh, let's see. Did, did you notice that when the doctor was doing, doing his examination of the, the child who was dying, he was uh-huh. checking out the blood? Yes. And he was saying the blood is... You know, he doesn't recognize any Not part of human, it. Yeah. yeah. Now, I would think that if older people of the Galactica found out about this, they would be rather alarmed. This is not Earth, yeah. Well, no, if it was Earth, 
you know, in, in it, uh, that would mean that your race is going to be doomed because your chances of intermixing with the locals is rather low, if not impossible. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're you're, you're not gonna, human, right? They are just going to live out there. No their fingerprints. Yeah, exactly. No fingerprints. The blood looks Wrong really weird. Blood. It looks like a a cross section of fatty tissue. <laughs> Not sure what that was. Yeah, I mean, it it is it is. They they can almost die, but not. Yeah. Well, I think the almost die part is that they were that they were trying to say that as long as they can keep the heart going, they can and the lungs going, they can revive yeah. somebody who's brain dead, which. Sounds kind of sus to me, as the kids would say. Yeah. But, <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, as long as you keep the oxygen in there, maybe they'll be able to live. I don't know. Maybe. But maybe that's. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I, I think right there, uh, that pretty much seals the fate of the the they colonials. Abs- they absolutely, positively had to be human, right? This is the, the, the horrible flaw of this show. They should <laughs> have fingerprints. They Only should have, oh my. yeah. Well, you know, it, I mean, it's a fundamental, yeah, no, it, fundamental that, thing. They're supposed to be our brothers, right? <laughs> like, right. This is something that, as you said, if somebody was do a smoothing overpass on the, the uh, script, then that should have been noticed. These were written by Glenn Larson. Well, well, he's having an off week, or longer, or, or he was or just folding it in. Yeah. Um. You know, maybe he gave the ideas, and did he actually write every one of these episodes? Uh, I don't think he wrote every one of these episodes, but he wrote most of them, I believe. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it oh, wow. some like okay. finagling where he gets writing credit, but somebody actually does the work. Not what I have Heard seen so you. far. Um, I don't, I don't know. One. Here's another one that needs a bit of a of a pass. In Galactica Discovers Earth, where did they keep their motorcycles? Uh, they parked them behind the tent? No, 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 no. I mean, how did they get them to Earth and back? Oh, there's some sort of a hold in the uh, the Vipers. underbelly of the Vipers, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And in an emergency situation, they escape on a shuttle <laughs> and go straight to Earth and yeah. not only do they have their sh- motorcycles, yep. they have the same civilian clothes they had last time. Uh, maybe they've got standing orders that they have to have a an essentially a go bag with them at any moment while they're off the glass. Not like super compressed inside their ring, like the Flash is. Uh, you know what? You know what? That makes more sense. Actually, they have rings. Doctor Z's. The, Go the bag. <laughs> their costumes and their bikes are super compressed, all of the flash into their rings. That's it. Yes. You fix yeah. you, that makes more sense than anything anything else that I can come up with. I'm with it. Like they just like, parked them behind just... a tree on Earth and they went back and found them. Uh, yep. Good thing we they're... came down at the same place in the same field. Yeah. Where the Air Force was looking for UFOs uh, last week and uh, now here again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, we have, uh, you know, yet another stupid police chase. This time it's the chips. Nah. Yeah. California Highway Patrol. Yeah. Old John and Ponch wannabes there. Get a little uh, reference to that show, too. 
I love the fact that they did that. Well, this never happened to those two guys on TV. It's because the reason it's never happened is this is reality, dude. <laughs> They're just TV characters. With, with I, I think that's just proof that this show is an entirely just a nightmare. It's just a horrible dream. <laughs> I do kind of like the fact that they were hiding behind the billboard and the cops are like, so that's my favorite billboard. <laughs> and then they're gone. Yeah. this is We're having as much fun with this show as we did with The Invisible Man. And for the same reasons. God, the Invisible Man was such a better, a higher quality it was, than this. It was. Man. It had This is Invisible Man in it, for starters. Well, yeah, boy, yeah. It had characters who could act, uh, ah. stories that were better. Right, compared yeah. to these guys, they could act. Let's see. So, Dylan, we're not going to talk about the revolving door. We're just not going to talk think about the, it at all. I think the listeners can figure that one out for themselves. I think anybody could figure it out for themselves, except Troy and Dylan, apparently. Yeah, that's true. I had half sympathy with someone who gets into a revolving door, maybe doesn't know how it works, but, and, and maybe another person gets in the door behind them and is also pushing. I can understand how you might go around once before leaping out in the right spot. Oh, sure. I, I can get that. You know, carrying a box or something like that. Yeah. What does not happen is you don't come back out where you went in. Yeah. You just keep and, going and, and, and then be you, confused. Eject you yourself know, you just, into the building. Because you, you definitely can tell that you're going around in a circle, and then you can definitely go, oh, I don't want to get out there. I want to get out there. And But Troy had, or Dylan had to get out on the outside again, and he's mystified. It's like, how did that happen? It's like, it didn't eject you. You had to step out. <laughs> That's all you had to do on the inside. Yep. Okay, so they cleverly burn... They cleverly burn the uh, inscriptions off their money for the off laser. that money, anyways, yeah. Of that off money. Not cubits. the money at the end. Yeah. Not the ones at the end. <laughs> and that cop didn't slip one of them in his pocket. Man. He, he did. He slipped six into his pocket. You didn't see. He's very practiced. Okay. And they take it to a bank, and it's like, ooh, you just got to analyze it. And uh, you know, throw, give me some Andy currency. I would like some currency, please. <laughs> And somehow that turns into a bank robbery. Yeah. yeah. It also has the great line where the, the teller shouts to the guard, look out, Bob, or whatever his name is. He's got a gun. Yeah. And Dylan's response is, I don't have a gun, and shoots him. <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, have a gun. Actually, I kind of think maybe you do have a gun. Just, just a thought. Maybe they don't call it a gun. Maybe he doesn't know what a gun is. Maybe they call them blasters or something. Yeah, blaster, and the thing you shot him with was a sleep aid. Sapomatic. Exactly, a Z-gun. Yeah, so uh, I I, kind of miss the big big honking guns they carry. I think it would be a lot funnier if those guys were walking around. Oh, yeah, you can't hide those under a down jacket. Oh wait, yeah, you can we? They they did in the the first three episodes. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And uh, they had the small guns too. So yeah, that's true. They just had the stun things, the the type one you phasers. Must, did you notice in this one that they that the 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 stun pistols at 
if you're stunning somebody, make one noise. But if they if they're blasting like a full blaster, they make the standard blaster noise. Yeah, yeah. Did you also notice that when they shoot them into the air, they make the stun noise going up? But once you cut to the second shot, they make oh, the yeah. blaster noise. Yeah, well, that's when they kind of explode in the air or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> it's not. It's it's not a good show. Um. This this show probably would have done better if it was not on Sunday nights, but on Saturday mornings. Maybe. It, but it's, it had it's that, pretty disjointed. That care and, and production quality that you'd find from like Arc 2. Do you know what really surprised me about this is that Jamie's boss was in it. That was, it's like, wait a minute. Isn't he like Why is the he owner of the, the, the UBC, corporation yeah. company? Yeah. What, why is he there? I, yeah, I don't know. For starters, and then it, it actually makes sense for Jamie to show up, but why is the yeah. head of UBC there? Well, why maybe they're we down a reporter. To talk with Jamie? You know what? And then, yes, Jamie's able to explain, well, I'm here because, yeah, I mean, I went in there. Yeah, so it's like, like, but if she had just come out and talked directly with the colonel, we could have got that same bit of dialogue out of the way. Exactly. He had no use for being there. No. It's just like, well, I did not expect to ever see this man again in this series, but there he is. Yeah. <laughs> nice line. The glory of the universe is intelligence. Don't be afraid of discovery. Uh, yeah. I think I think that the, the bit about the, the glory of the universe is intelligence is an incredible line, and I'm sad that there was no glory in this script. <laughs> yeah. This was not a glorious script to die on. No. <laughs> no. Hey, yeah. Yeah, so Adama has been reduced to basically just giving sage advice or platitudes. Gosh, Dr. Z, what are we going to do this week? Oh, yeah, it my really nose is. says Adama is still a doddering old man. And you know, apparently, all black people have become idiots. Apparently, when uh, Larson shifted gears when he couldn't get Apollo and Starbuck and he shifted gears to push it into the future, his uh -huh. intent was to push it quite a bit into the future like not 30 years generations that would have been so much better and apparently lauren green called him up oh no and, and was like i can't believe you're gonna do the show without me and he felt bad oh and so he changed it around so that lauren green could be in it oh man really yeah it's like and it's like really you know, he, he got another job, Code Red or whatever it was, right after this. So it's not like he couldn't get work somewhere else. I guess yeah. he had some I guess he had some fondness for the show. Huh. Interesting. Uh well, I, hope I mean, it was, it was beaten out of him while he was doing this. <laughs> Probably. Well when he's on Bonanza, he was kind of the the uh the 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 patriarch. Patriarch of the the the, yeah. the show pretty much so yeah kind of the same thing and that was his his big well you know, that's what he was in code red he was the father of a family yeah. of firefighters i so, vaguely remember seeing that series so i think it lasted about as long as galactica 80 but <laughs> um but yeah and the other one and it, i used to i don't know if the wording is the same as it was when on uh do you remember project ufo the the jack webb produced yeah, yeah i remember that series yeah. I think there may have been a newer one but but i'm talking about the real one that, yeah. that 
all of the two Air Force officers doing the Joe Friday yep. <laughs> thing. Um, they used to have a disclaimer at the end of every episode. Yes. And this one had, if not the exact same disclaimer, then essentially the exact same disclaimer. I wrote it down. The United States Air Force stopped investigating UFOs in 1969. After 22 years, they found no evidence. No evidence? No evidence of extraterrestrial visits and no threat to national security. I think it's funny as heck they had to put that at the end of this episode. Yeah. I, I assume it's, like, it's to get people right? not calling the Air Force. I don't have any idea other than they threw it in there as a joke. Or maybe no. that was kind of their disclaimer because they're supposed to be, quote, educational. So they didn't want to portray the idea that there were real UFOs. Well, I think well, you no. know, part of it is there's no threat to security. Don't worry about UFOs. So that that part is for the audience. But I think I think the point of saying that the Air Force stops investigating is to stop people from calling the Air Force. Yeah, what, the yeah. Air Force does UFOs? Oh, I saw one last night in my backyard and 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 swamping them down and i'm guessing that they probably didn't uh, they probably didn't want that to be on their heads <laughs> if that's yeah. i think it's still a reach i i'm sure that's why project ufo ufo did it was because it looked like an official air force thing and it looked modern like those guys yeah were and it was kind UFOs of right now yeah yeah it was like um Oh shoot! What was that? There back in I think the fifties and early sixties, there was a. I'm pretty sure it was a television series that was produced by the, either by or in close cooperation with the U.S. Air Force, basically talking about aircraft-related incidents. They they dramatize uh, things that pilots did wrong. Well, well, not not necessarily did wrong, but but uh, you know, kind of adventure shows like you know, uh, uh, crew of a B fifty two bomber uh, suddenly depressurizes, uh, pilot is rendered unconscious, and people eject, but yet the pilot stays, comes to uh, uh, wakes up and, and saves the craft, blah, blah blah, those sorts of things. So maybe that's what they were were trying to. You know, to know. to not think that make people think that these actually did happen. I don't know, because because the people watching this are that stupid. <laughs> maybe that's what Glenn Larson was thinking. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they're watching Could this. Be. Watching this. <laughs> All right. I want to watch Project UFO again. Great. Or maybe I don't. I actually do want to watch Project UFO again, and I have not been able to find any evidence that's ever been released. I haven't checked in a few years, to be fair, and now everything's out. But I, I yeah, that's one of the shows I've wanted to watch again. I'm sure I'll be very disappointed in it. But oh yeah, uh, all right. Uh, that's all I can think of <laughs> for this episode of Oh, uh, my only Galactica. only thing I could say in addition to everything else that's been said is that once uh, Dr. Z confronted um, the, the chemical plant guy, couldn't have Dr. Z suggested a fix to their process since he seems to be all knowledgeable? He did. That, well, no, I mean like a process fix. You know, keep making your your stuff, but 
do it this way and there won't be any waste. Oh, you mean try to advance Earth's technology to, so that they would be yeah. further along and they could fight off the silence? But he did. He said, I store your waste in non-corrosive containers. Yeah, that's not and really a... More of a process fix do you want. I mean... That's not really a good fix because you're still producing the goop. Well, that's the point of the plant is to produce the goop. Oh, like, oh, that's it. I'm sorry. I thought there, that was plant. a byproduct. I didn't think that was a product, the primary product. My bad. They're, they're making it and then pumping it into the ground and the water. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah for we don't pay for this stuff. But we have a great time making it. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sure, that makes as much sense as anything else does. <laughs> Next time, it's only a one-part episode. Oh, thank the maker. Well, I don't know. Oh, never mind. I just read oh, what the is. title was. So it is. It's Spaceball. Not the movie. This came out. Not the movie Spaceballs. This is Spaceball. Yeah. That's right. They... No. Gee, who, who gets <laughs> to play Dr. Z this time? Yeah, we didn't mention <laughs> the fact that it's a different Dr. Z. Well, you, you uh, mentioned that he had, he had a facelift. Facelift, yeah. This is uh, Patrick Stewart is playing. Not related. Uh, Doc. Uh, yeah, different Stewart. Not spelled the name. Spelled differently. Yeah, yes. not spelled the right way. Spelled the wrong way with a U. Um, and uh, you can tell which my ancestors are <laughs> somewhere up the line. But anyway, yeah, this guy took over for Robbie Wrist. Um, he'll be here for the rest of the show, I'm afraid to say. Except in flashbacks to the last one, I think. But he's in that one too. Oh, he is. He's okay. in the last. Yep, he's the narrator of it. Anyway, spaceball next time, folks. Hope you'll join us as we suffer our way through it. Yeah, for you, just for you. Tell Chuck, your friends. Thanks for joining me. Hey, you're welcome, <laughs> listeners. I hope you join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash fusionpatrol or patreon.com slash fusionpatrol. For our monthly Patreon subscribers, we're currently running a special series on Babylon 5. Come join the conversation in the comments section of this episode at fusionpatrol.com. You'll also find there over a decade of past episodes. You can find some of our other works at soundcloud.com slash fusion patrol. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. On the next episode of Fusion Patrol, we'll be looking at the Space Above and Beyond episode, The Farthest Man from Home, where people should be court-martialed, but they aren't. Come join the conversation on Fusion Patrol.